Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the Nationals are strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. (laughs) That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode 108 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. Here for another week, bringing you DC sports content covering all of the major sports when they are in season and things like that. We're not talking Washington Wizards today. Uh, we're not talking Commanders much today. We're going to be focusing on baseball and hockey as the season nears the regular season in the NHL nears its close. You can follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16 for my partner. And uh, the show, you can also listen to the show on The Contender. That's Contender with a K. There's a Contender app. You can go listen to that, as well as other uh, programs. It's a free app. You can go download that today. And we have a YouTube channel. Just go search the DC Crossover on YouTube. You should be able to find our full episodes that we put up there as well. Well, Michael, you... Never forget about the TikTok, though. Don't Don't forget forget about about the the TikTok. TikTok, the underscore... Or no, DC <laughs> underscore crossover underscore podcast. At least for the next two weeks until I can change it back. Right, right. To something, something easier. Check out the TikTok. Mike's been putting up clips. So if you don't necessarily want to go watch the full episodes, you can go check out the TikTok. Again, DC underscore crossover underscore podcast. And uh, Mike puts kind of the best of clips on there and uh, does a great job with that. So definitely and we you know, put up some numbies for sure. Um, so Michael, you (laughs) are back from the great state of Pennsylvania, uh, and the city of Pittsburgh. It's like, 
you and the Nats were on the same kind of schedule or something because you guys probably both you know you both headed back from Pittsburgh on Sunday and uh, and now you're you're back in action here this week even though the Nats of course get rained out today unfortunately um, but uh, but you didn't get a chance to see any games up there right. No, so the primary purpose of me going there was uh, my girlfriend's mom's birthday, um, and uh, it was a milestone birthday, so we went up nice. there for a specific cause. But uh, and then also you had Easter, so I was sure. uh, there for Easter with her family. Um, but I, I, the funny thing was that I didn't really put two and two together. Like, oh, the Nats are in town too. Right. Like, this is kind of crazy um, because we did try to look for tickets last year. Um, uh, and see if we wanted to go to PNC. It's not that far of a drive. It's only like four, four and a half hours, depending on traffic. Uh, it's a pain of a drive, but at the same time, you know, if you have two people, it kind of makes the drive go by a little bit faster. Um, but yeah, we were up there for a different cause, uh, and uh, we didn't really um, get a chance to see any of the games, but we did watch some of the games on TV and whatnot. Um, but uh, obviously, it was not a great, uh, not a great outcome for our Nats. Uh, no. So, uh, we'll, we'll get into that for, uh, for, for <laughs> sure, but one thing I wanted to mention about the weekend, sure. okay, and it's not really, it, it didn't really, it happened uh, briefly a little bit during the weekend, but it wasn't really a situation that uh, was, you know, heightened because of the weekend. Sure. I'm talking about breweries, okay? Everyone I likes enjoy breweries. It. I enjoy it. I dabbled. Breweries. Oh, you have. You've dabbled. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so... When it comes to breweries, this is more of a gripe or a, uh, I don't even know what to really call it, more of like an annoyance. Okay. Uh, pet peeve? From other, yeah, a pet peeve that comes about when you go to a brewery that's kind of outdoors, like halfway outdoors, halfway not sometimes, because some of the breweries are obviously more so indoors. Right. So I wrote this down on my phone just to come up with uh, you know something to talk about. Prior, uh, you know, obviously we have our own lives and stuff like that. So sometimes you're doing something that I'm not, and vice versa. We're not with each other 24-7. Right, right. So this situation came up maybe two months ago. And then it was revisited when I got up to Pittsburgh. Because me and Jess were actually going up there. And we met uh, her sister and brother-in-law and then her parents at a brewery. So once we got there... Of course, it was a, pr- a pretty nice day. I'm not going to lie. Friday, it was a very nice day. Dogs are out. Oh, boy. Okay? That's the biggest thing. When it comes to breweries, I understand if you want to bring your dog and it's like two silos or something like that where it's ginormous. Bunch of space. Where, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bunch of space. The dog can just chill underneath your table and whatnot. But when I'm sitting there, and by the way, dogs are my favorite animal. I love me some dogs. And I makes one been of us, called the, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not I've, a dog I've guy. Been, oh, yeah. Well, we still have that video of you and Teddy. Um, <laughs> so it's all on my phone. So people call me the dog whisperer because I just love dogs and I just, I just know what to do. Uh, because obviously some dogs, you know, they start barking at you or they start, you know, scaring you or they, they get frightened or whatever because you. But I, I just really love to, you know, love to you know, pet dogs, stuff like that, especially if they're a good-looking dog. Like, if it's a really ugly dog, I'm just like, huh, okay, you know, Yeah, nice what was dog. it that dog, the dog whisperer, was it Cesar Milano or something was his name? And, like, he would go, like, like, he'd make, like, spitting noises, and he would get the dogs to, like, do whatever he needed them to do. I'm telling you, you, you look up, like, the dog. No idea what you're talking the about. The dog whisperer <laughs> is an actual person. Cesar Milan. 
uh, nine seasons of that show, The Dog Whisperer with Caesar Milan. This guy would. So, with uh, let me read you the description of the show. Okay. With a unique ability to see the world through their eyes, renowned dog behavior expert Caesar Milan. rehabilitates all manner of troubled canines in this popular reality series, and often that includes Milan not only teaching dogs new tricks, but also training their owners how to achieve a balanced relationship with their pets. And I'm telling you, he would do, like, he'd go, like, like, he'd make, like, like little, like, spinning or hissing noise. I'm telling you, the people that listen to the show that know what this is, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um... But it sounds familiar, but I, I, it's not ringing a bell right off the top of my head. Oh, and then apparently he got in trouble as his pit bull killed Queen Latifah's dog in uh, 2021. So I guess he's not really <laughs> a thing anymore. Must not have uh, worked on that one. Um, right. But and there's another person who's uh, he, he, apparently his pit bull is just attacking everybody. Apparently his pit bull. <laughs> and, and look, I'm not throwing shade at pit bulls. I know that's a very controversial topic. Uh, oh yeah. But, uh, okay. Anyway, sorry. Regardless, dogs it, brewery <laughs> equals trouble. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Mainly because, like I said, if you go to a brewery like Two Silos or something yeah, like that, a lot of out space, there and, outdoors, and, and, and tons, wherever, tons of places. I mean, if you've never been to Two Silos, bunch of different like places to sit. You know, uh, the fire pits, everything. I mean, there's stuff everywhere. Yep. Yeah, a lot of land. And the problem with that is, if you go to a brewery that's outside and they allow dogs, maybe on a Friday night or a busy time. Yeah. You don't bring your dog when there's literally thirty other dogs and oh, people are boy. trying okay. to move around. Then you have a then you have the least the not the least the leash, leash. situation yeah. where all of a sudden the dogs move in and, and the person's talking to their friend or whatever, and then all of a sudden you're in the the situation that they had in Beethoven the movie where like the person's like Whoa! Right. they're like trying to fall over and then you're having a beer and you have glass and yeah all, yeah right uh, and I, I think that's the right movie yeah yeah Beethoven, <laughs> the dog. I don't know yeah I remember that. Yeah, so so uh, so w- when you're looking at that, I just get so irritated with the people that just don't have any regard for people who are going there to have a good time. Yeah, we I'm went there you. to have a good time and just hang out. And don't get me wrong, we had a good time. The, the game was on. You know, uh, there was one like ch- uh, not chocolate. It was a it was a black lab uh, that was uh, kind of hanging there, and it was a really well behaved dog, and it came up to me because the guy was, you know, not that far. He was three feet from me. So, and of course, I'm gonna pet the black lab. I love dogs and stuff like that, but. It's the ones that like have their, you know, mastiff out there or something like that. It's like, why are you bringing Butch to to the brewery? Like, can you just leave him at home so you can right. go enjoy a timeout without your dog sitting there? It's like, you're, the dog's not having fun. The dog's just chilling there underneath your seat or tangling people with the leash, like I just said. Or or trying to trying to you know jump on somebody. Yeah, and then there's a bunch I'm, of other dogs around, so like all the yep. dogs are going nuts the whole time. Exactly, I'm with and you. Th- I'm with you. And the big the biggest gripe that I had was when I wrote this down on my phone. It was two months ago. Literally, when I went to a brewery, and it was with a couple of buddies of mine, we ended up going to the brewery, and there was this one dog that was. It had to be like 15 years old. It looked old and right, saggy right. and. And this dog mustered up the energy to literally jump on my friend like two or three times. Jeez. And the and the person because this this area this this one brewery in Ashburn, which I'm not a big fan of it in the first place. It starts with an O, and you might know, I know what it. it is. I've been there. Uh, it has two O's in yep. it. Basically, 
they have like this running club during the week or some weird thing or a biking club. I don't know, some weird thing where they also bring their dogs with them. Uh, and it's not a lot of dogs, it's like a few. But they had this one dog that literally was like jumping on my buddy like two or three times. And the owner just sits there and says, <laughs> I guess they like you. Oh, yeah, like, I hate no, that. G- like, control your dog. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here just enjoying my time. This dog is jumping on my buddy, and my buddy's just like, <laughs> like you know, nice, nice, you know. <laughs> and it's like, and, and the person's like, <laughs> is this, oh, it's a no. I mean, the, yeah, it, it's oh, it, it's, it's a giant so pain. tilting. I mean, it's the same people that bring like four and five year old kids to the brewery, and they're running around right, and causing right. trouble. And look, even I mean, as especially as a as a dad, you know, a new a new dad, you know, year into this, it's like I, I think about it, and it's just like. When she's four or five, I'm not bringing her to a brewery. Like, it's not fun. <laughs> Take her Chuck E. It's not fun for her. It's not fun for me. It's not fun for everybody else around. Is like, you know, because I mean, there's drunk people and there's alcohol and the kids just running around, just causing trouble. It's like, it's the same concept. The kids, the dogs, leave them at home, people. Leave, nobody wants your kids and dogs at the breweries. That's it's that's ju- it's just it just it just makes no sense how. An adult place. Yeah. It's like I'm not gonna take my kid to a strip club. Well, I'm not gonna take their. <laughs> you never know. I, <laughs> start them young. But I'm not gonna take them to a place where it's 95 percent adults. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna do that kind of situation because that's what you know. Certain. That's why you go to a park or a playground or or a, like I said, a Chuck E. Cheese or something like that, where those are for kids. Yeah. And then adults, they have adult beverages. You get the babysitter. Get the babysitter. Leave the kid at home if you're going to the brewery, the bars, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, the, people just feel like they they have to bring their kids everywhere or bring right. their dogs everywhere. It's just like you don't. You the, don't. Do, the, the dog thing just irritated yeah, me because it. literally, when I wrote it down on my phone, and this the it, there nothing really happened uh, this weekend right. about the brewery situation. It was more so. That it reminded me of the time that I put it in my phone a couple months ago, where the la- the lady sat there and she's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> a "Little Billy, he likes that you. He's jumping nuts. on you." Like, okay, lady, you gotta get away. <laughs> like, you're you're a 15 year old dog that's about to keel over because you have him on a run at, in the. It was like winter time. Right. Like, leave the dog at it's home and let him it's relax much, a little man. bit. Like, it's too much. No wonder he's jumping on my my friend because he doesn't like you. Yeah. Well, that's 100 percent it, and it's just it's, it's just too. <laughs> much it's just too much everyone just everyone just relax leave your leave your kids leave your animals at home they don't even need a babysitter just put them all in a cage uh give it throw a piece of cheese in there let them have fun uh let's hit up the rewind machine let's get into it wow piece of cheese we gotta talk about the previous week in dc sports before we get to all of our topics today we'll start with the washington nationals and with the baseball games since there's so many of them throughout the week, we'll just run through these. I'm not going to give a ton of detail because we are going to talk a little bit more Nats later on the show. But the Nats are right now 4-7, and seven, fifth place, last place in the NL East. Monday, the week started off beating the Braves 11-2. to Mikel Franco got off the schneid and went 4-5 for five with five ribbies. Josh Rogers threw uh, about five and a third with one run. Great start for him. Uh, Tuesday, the Nats got smoked 16-4. to uh, Marcel Ozuna homered twice in this one, and Corbin, not a great day. Six earned runs over two and two-thirds innings pitched. But the Nats get the series win on Wednesday, beating the Braves 3-1. Josiah Gray, our boy, had a great outing. Five innings, no earned runs, five Ks, and I think he allowed maybe one hit or zero hit, something like that. Great day for him. Then we head up 
to Pittsburgh for the Pirates series. Mike joined the team on the bus Thursday. Nats lose 9-4, a game where they were up 3-0 after the first inning and allowed five unanswered runs and later lost 9-4. Yoan Adone, four and two-thirds, six earned runs. Friday, looked like this series had some potential because the Nats beat the Pirates 7-2. Nelson Cruz and Josh Bell each drive in three runs. And then Saturday and Sunday come around. Saturday, 6-4 loss. Soto with a bomb, but Nats give up three runs in the eighth. And Sunday... 5-3 loss, another three-run lead blown. Ciszek with the loss in that one. So the Nats beat the defending world champs in a series, and then they lose to the Pittsburgh Pirates three games to one. <laughs> Weird week for the Nats. Let's talk a little Capitals hockey, Mike. Three games for the Caps this past week, and uh, a pretty good week. Pretty crazy how the Caps have been playing as of late. 42, 23, and 10. Their record fourth in the Metro right now, second in the wildcard division, which really hasn't changed too much as of late because the standings were a little bit skewed uh, about maybe two weeks ago, but they have tightened up just a bit as the Caps have three games, or excuse me, seven games to go and are three points behind Boston for the number one wildcard spot and also three points behind Pittsburgh, who have struggled as of late behind the third Metro spot. So on Tuesday, they beat Philly 9-2. It felt like they were playing the mites on the ice. I texted right, you that, right, Ben, right. Uh, because it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Every I single mean, time I looked nine, at the game. You don't see that number nine very yep. often. Exactly. It was just it was an unbelievable beating that Philly was taking against the Caps on Tuesday. Ovi scored his 46th goal. Oshie ends his nine-game goal drought. It's looking good to have him back at least because he was – been pretty injured recently uh, and came back uh, and obviously ending a nine-goal game drought uh, is a pretty good thing. Lars Eller scores twice as well. Ilya Samsonov with 19 saves. He improved to 7-1 and one against Philly this season. Thursday, not so much. <laughs> Two days later, they get trounced by the Toronto Maple Leafs 7-3. to three. Carlson, Wilson, and Dowd scored for the Caps. Ilya Samsonov gave up four goals on 19 shots, so not that great. Uh, for him, and Banachek gave up three goals on 13 shots. So overall, their collective performance Yikes. was horrible. <laughs> but Toronto, honestly, Toronto, yeah. I was watching this game at a bar. Um, and honestly, Toronto, it felt like they were just dominating on the offensive zone. And we had no answer for them. So I think they just chalked it up as a loss and just said, all right, let's move on. Because then, all of a sudden, on Saturday, they beat the Canadians 8-4. to four. These are so crazy it's just, it, goal numbers. Here. They're either scoring 8-10 to 10 goals a game or getting blown out. So Anthony Mantha, your boy, used to have uh, you know some good numbers in Detroit. Kind of slowed down a little bit as he came to the Caps, but this game was probably one of his best in a Caps sweater as he scored twice and also had two assists as well. Ovi scored his 47th. Banachek made 28 saves, so not a bad outing from him. So overall, not a terrible week for the Caps. Right now, they're trying to see if they can get that first wild card spot or even get back in the third Metro spot. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Moving on to the soccer club in town that, honestly, they just they just can't seem to, to, to oh get those points when they need. Oh, it's been <laughs> miserable. It's been miserable. It's funny. We I came on this show, and I was like, Mike, I'm watching every DC United game this season. Uh, I mean, I'm yep. I'm real excited for for MLS soccer this season, uh, and they've got two I think two wins to start the year. And I was like, oh man, this team's going to be good. They have lost four straight since then, uh, losing to Austin FC this weekend on Saturday, three to two. 
in a game that this team was up 2-0, which, I mean, Mike follows soccer, I follow soccer. When you're up two goals to nothing, it doesn't. it's not an automatic guarantee you're going to win the game, but it puts you in a pretty good position to be up two goals uh, for the dub. Ola Kamara scoring both of them. Here's the issue, though. After his second goal, I believe, he took his shirt off, and he had some writing on the shirt underneath. I don't even know what it said, but in the MLS... You can't really do that. You can't really take your shirt off in celebration like that. So he picked up a yellow. And then at the end of the first half, on a tough play along the sideline, he kind of took down a guy. He picks up another yellow, tossed from the game with the red card after scoring two goals. And next thing you know, DC United's down a man. Second half, they survived for a long time uh, uh, being down a man. But... It proved to be too much as they gave up three goals in the final 10 minutes of play and lose three to two and just a rough one there. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> next couple games for DC United. So they play this U.S. Open Cup. They'll be playing on Tuesday against Flower City Union, which is a national independent soccer association team, which is like the third tier league in the U.S. So it's one of those open cups where you got different tiers of leagues and things like that. So they'll play Flower City Union. I would hope they would destroy them on Tuesday. Uh, And then the next MLS league game is Saturday at 730 against the New England Revolution. So it's been rough. Four straight losses. And yeah, Mike, it was one of those things, and I was, you know, texting you guys during the game, and it was like, all right, uh, there's ten minutes left in the game. The team had been playing a man down the whole second half and had held off Austin FC. And actually, you know, one goal goes in, and then another goal goes in. And you go, okay, fine, we'll we'll get the draw, we'll split the points. That's that, whatever. We got out of here alive. Another goal goes in, and you lose three to two. It was rough. <laughs> well, honestly, I just don't understand when it comes down to soccer. A red card's not going to kill you, right? You know, and and and, and I, I believe you said the guy that got the red card was a was a forward. Yeah, he was a guy who scored both so, goals. Yeah, Kamara. So why would your break? Or why would your defense break down that much <laughs> to the point where you let in Good three question. goals in ten <laughs> minutes? Is you know, I think I might have seen three goals in ten minutes less than five times in my oh, thirty yeah. years of life. Oh yeah, it's not common. And th- that's the problem is that when you look at it, it's like. That's a coaching issue. That's not a player yeah, issue. Yeah, I'd agree. That's with a that. coaching issue because you possibly were like, you know, we're we're we're, we're playing pretty well. Let's, you know, and I'm not saying this for a fact, but I'm saying like, you need to slide back five defenders, have a five defender set, and go back there and try to do something because you can't let in three goals in ten minutes at the end of the game. And, and keep in to, mind to lose the points. The goalie for DC United is Bill Hamid, who we've talked about, is yeah. one of the better goalies in the league. So it wasn't right watching the game. It wasn't necessarily things that he was doing incorrectly. It was just. Defense just collapsed. This was a utter collapse at home against Austin FC and four straight losses for DC United. Something, I mean, it's not like they were expected to be world beaters or anything, but at the same time, like, their multiple games have slipped away for them. So it, it has not been pretty to watch, to say well, the least. Well, well look, look at look at the last, I think it was the last two games you mentioned, if I'm not mistaken. So you got that one, which we should have won. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mark that down, and it would be, it would be 3 0 and 3. And then the other game that we, uh, what was it, zero zero, and they scored in the extra time. Yeah. So all of a sudden, yeah. it'd be three one and two. Pretty darn good record for for the first six games of the season. But all of a sudden now you're looking at two zero oh, and four, and you didn't get points in two of those that you should have easily gotten. Yeah, points. it was the Atlanta FC game back on April second was the one where yeah yep, Atlanta yep. FC scores in the ninetieth 
minute uh, in extra time or whatever. So, yeah, it's just, oh, uh, it was brutal. It's been brutal. But, hey, I, I'm enjoying the games. I mean, my, my Sunderland season's about to end. They got three games left in their season. So I'm happy to have MLS going on. But we will move away from the pitch. And uh, uh, speaking of pitch, get into a little baseball. The Washington Nationals. All right, baseball time. We talked about it, that uh, the Nats kind of a tale of two series here. You had the Brave series where the Nats actually looked really, really good um, for the most part. I mean, Josh Rogers pitched really well in his start, um, who's a guy that's kind of not well known, uh, played a little bit last year for the Nats, did pretty well. Um, and then you have Josiah Gray pitch really well in that third game of the series, and the Nats take both of those games and I mean, I know I, and I'm sure a lot of Nats fans were like, hey, maybe we aren't going to be that bad this year. I mean, look, we're, we're, we're doing okay. <laughs> right. And then you lose three of four to Pittsburgh. And look, I, I mean, I'm not trying to just insult all the Pirates fans out there, but the reality of the situation is the Pittsburgh Pirates are not a good ball team right now. They're, 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 they're just not. I mean, besides... I can say, hey, I can safely say, yeah. because I, I know some Pittsburgh fans, my girlfriend's a Pittsburgh fan, and also a lot of her family members that I saw this weekend of Pittsburgh fans, right. everyone says they suck. Yeah, so, so they, they know. You're okay. They're self-aware. They're self-aware. <laughs> and look, maybe they're going to be able to rebuild and turn into something. They've got a couple decent players, and that's about it. Um, but for the Nats, on paper, you look at the paper, and, and, and they're a better team than Pittsburgh on paper. Yep, I yep, mean, yep. you look at our lineup and you look at the Pittsburgh lineup and you go, okay, well, at least with the Nats lineup, I know some of these guys. I know Nelson Cruz. I know Juan Soto. You know, those are not just familiar for us in D.C., but familiar for baseball fans. To lose three or four is 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 astounding, uh, especially multiple times where the Nats were up uh, and, and ended up Pittsburgh ended up coming back. Mike, I wanted to kind of get into some of these numbers. We talked a little bit last week, kind of through the first series or so, and looked at those numbers, and now we have even larger sample size. And one of the scariest things right now is Patrick Corbin, Mike, who now through three starts uh, has a 7-5 ERA uh, with eight walks, 11 Ks, a 2.08 whip, and... Given he did pitch better on Sunday against Pittsburgh, five and a third, three hits, two earned runs, he, he did look better. But then again, that's against Pittsburgh. Regardless, this is the guy that's supposed to be the ace of your staff here. Um, he's supposed to be the number one right now because with Strasburg on the shelf for who knows when. And you have a 7-5 ERA through your first three games of the season. I mean, we talked about stock up, stock down. Mike, this stock is plummeting. Patrick Corbin not right. looking good at all. And just to touch on the Strasburg bit, I think they should leave him out. Yeah, there's there's yeah, no reason to yeah. say say hey, Steven, man, we're 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 in a tight race here. Yeah. We need you in there. He shouldn't play for the first half of the season. Right. I mean, right. at this rate, go out there, maybe have a couple of rehab starts, or go two three innings or yeah, whatever. Go see pitch how you down in Fredericksburg like or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, literally, go pitch in, in in high single A and just you know just deck. You know the strike zone in that that right, league, and right. no one be able to hit you. And Have some just fun, don't come up. you know. <laughs> hey, exactly. So with Patrick Corbin, it's just a situation where I still believe, and I bet you do as well, right? That the bullpen situation did not ruin him and did not ruin his career, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not a situation where, kind of like the Strasburg deal, where 
oh, he had Tommy Johns. They had to take him out for a, an innings count or whatever. I mean, you could say the same thing about Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey, they the Mets ended up leaving him in, and look at where his, his career ended up. I just don't think it's a situation like that. I think that's way too far-fetched. I think that's way too out of left field, um, and people are just looking for a reason. But at this point in time, like you said, they're playing the Pirates. So, yeah, okay, great innings, you know, five and a, and a third. You would hope that he could go a little bit more than that. Uh, you know, at least six, I think, is a quality start. I don't know exactly the metric for a quality start for innings pitched. But when you're looking at it, three hits, that's really good. But you still let in two earned runs. Yeah. Three hits? I mean, honestly, if you let in a couple bombs, something like that, solos, okay, I understand that. But you got to go out there and shut this club down. Now, I loved the situation. I forgot it was on Twitter or Facebook or something like that, where the Nats post said, Corbin gave us a shot to win. It's like, you shouldn't be saying Corbin gave you a shot to win with those stats. Yeah. Okay, against a Pittsburgh Pirates team that has been terrible for the last seven years. Pittsburgh Pirates like, team that's going to be at the bottom of the league, but now at this point it's like maybe the Nats will be right there with them, you know? Yeah, exactly, and that's the problem is that you just literally look at this team and, and like you said, Corbin – should be one of the veterans on this team that can say, hey, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to do my thing, and, and, and that's going to be it. Okay, Max Scherzer, when he came on this team, this team wasn't, you know, like you said before, this team wasn't a world beater, you know, when, when Max Scherzer came out there, you know, for the, his first year. They were good, don't get me wrong, they were good, but he goes out there every single day, does his thing. Do you think that certain pitchers that are out there, I'm trying to think of a pitcher that I can think of, uh, you know, um, uh, Alcantara for for the for the Marlins, or you think of um, uh, who was the pitcher that passed away uh, recently for the Marlins? Jose Fernandez. I knew it was Jose. Yeah. I, I was losing his name for a second. You think those guys, you know, and rest in peace for him, by the way. You think those guys who play for a bad team go out there and say, "Oh, King Felix, for instance, for for the, Mar the Mariners." You think those guys go out there for a bad team and say? You know what? I'm just I'm just gonna pack it in, man. It's, this team sucks, you know. No, those those guys went out there and put up numbies, you know, and and all of a sudden their team still sucked, but they <laughs> yeah. still put up their own numbies. And as a starting pitcher, you need to know that they can lean on you every fifth day. And right now, Patrick Corbin, honestly, is in the middle of a pack that we can lean on him out of our starting rotation. It's just not that good. And you're looking at it and understanding like, I understand like, okay, you have a bad you know game here or there. I understand. But it's like he hasn't had a really good start in three starts. When your ERA is 7-5 and you've had eight walks, which is weird because you're a contact pitcher. That's the one thing. You should never have eight walks when you're a contact pitcher, especially with a wipeout slider that he has. When your whip is over two, that's that's horrible. That's one of those in-depth stats, so I'm not going to get into that one, but – it's just bad because you're looking at it, and he has 12 innings. He has less strikeouts than innings pitched, which is horrible. Oh, it's bad. Because you look at 36, 36 outs. That doesn't even include the other batters that he had a chance to get out. I mean, and he only has 11 Ks? I mean, come on now. You have guys like – you look down here, you have guys like Josh Rogers who has two starts and five Ks. He has half your Ks, two starts, and no one even knows who the guy is. <laughs> right, right. Oh, <laughs> like, it's that's bad. Just and horrible. I'll tell you, you want to see something ugly – is uh, one of my favorite sites is, is Baseball Savant, and um, they will show – I mean, you get it real nerdy with stats, but one of the things they show you is 
MLB percentile rankings, and you'll show you like blue on one end, which is like really bad, and it'll show you re- you know red on one end. So like for example, a guy uh, is in that like Juan Soto is always in like the 90th percentile for hard hit percentages right, and things right. like that. Patrick Corbin, let me tell you some of his percentiles right now because it is ugly. Keep in mind, right, 99 is is good. That means you're at the uh, in the red. You're in the high end. That's where you want to be. Patrick Corbin is in the first percentile. For fastball spin, fastball velocity, curve spin, that means he is in the bottom of the entire league this year for the spin on his curveball, the velocity of his fastball, whiff percentage, he's in the 25th percentile. So three-fourths of the league's pitchers are getting more swings and misses than Patrick Corbin is. He's in the 22nd percentile for walks. That means 88% of the pitchers in MLB are getting more walks, uh, or excuse me, are are allowing fewer walks than Patrick Corbin is. Uh, His expected ERA, he's in the 35th percentile. Expected batting average, 29th percentile. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is he's been very, very bad. And this is a guy who I still think can turn it around, but my... Because when I look at, and and again, we won't spend too much time on this. I don't want to get too geeky, but there are some things you can look at, like hard hit percentages and expected batting averages and things like that, where you see, okay, maybe a guy's just having some bad luck because expected batting average takes, you know, takes out the, it basically says like, this is what should have happened based around the, uh, all the factors of the game. And Patrick Corbin has, some of his numbers are okay in those areas, but the bottom line is, Mike, through three starts, 10 earned runs, his whip is terrible, like we've been saying. He's walking guys too much. It's been bad. And this is the guy that's supposedly going to be your ace. So that's that's that. Um, the good, <laughs> that's the that. good note <laughs> The good note is Josiah Gray, of course, um, who looked way better in, in his second start. Uh, everything really was working for him in that game. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about what we've got out of Graham. Yeah, it was only five innings. You want to hopefully these guys can get through you know, six if, uh, you know, if they can. But one hit over five innings, five uh, Ks, still walking a lot of guys. I mean, five through two games, uh, that's not great. But 10 Ks, you got to love that, averaging about five Ks a game and 1.56 whip, and a 4 ERA. And you and I said before the season, we were saying uh, Josiah Gray is going to have a sub-4 ERA. That was our prediction. And, hey, he's right there with 4 through the first couple starts. So you got to think that he'll be able to improve on that too. So that's exciting. Yeah, this, the, the sample size, and I told you that Josiah Gray, because I love pitching, um, you know, and obviously I love watching Juan Soto swing the bat. Yeah. I love watching Josh Bell crank a homer. But when it comes down to pitching, because I used to be a pitcher back in the day, and I just love the ins and outs when it comes to pitching, the chess match that that it is. Like, you know, this guy struggles inside, so I'm gonna, you know, go inside a couple times and throw a wipe out twelve to six curveball in the dirt. Like stuff like that where, you know, it's a guessing game for the for the batter, and then the pitcher has to has to see if, you know, they can make the right move, so on and so forth. Josiah Gray, I think, has those qualities to be a top two, maybe, or I should say a top three, maybe top two starter for this team. For the foreseeable future. So when I look at Josiah Gray, I'm excited for him the most, him and Kiebert Ruiz, obviously. But for the pitching aspect, I'm going to go with Josiah Gray because, I mean, five innings pitch, one hit baseball, that's pretty damn good. Now, I just kind of ragged on Corbin a little bit saying, okay, you got three hits and five and a third. But 
Josiah Gray is still a young guy. They're not trying to like go throw him out there for a Justin Verlander type start where he's going to go out there and throw. Which shout out to him by the way. He had a really nice eight inning game the other day. Fantasy baseball man, that's my guy. (laughs) Hey, at age forty nine, he's actually doing really well. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I I just think Josiah Gray, man, it's just going to be fun to watch because he's going to go out there and have those starts where he lets in five runs or something like that. But it's just something that's going to be. Watching him develop this year because he's going to go from five innings pitched in like 82 pitches to going out there possibly throwing 95, letting him loose, and maybe he'll go out there and stretch it to seven and a third or something like that, and we're going to see a really nice game from him. I just think it's also something to look at during the week saying, I'm going to circle these guys' starts because no one's going to circle an Eddie, Eric Fetty start. I, I, I mean, hey, I, yeah. hey, God bless you, I'm Eric with Fetty. You, I'm with but, you. Fetty, not too no, bad so far. Not too bad, I'll tell you. <laughs> it, it, not too bad, but the last time we said, hey, Fetty's I the know, ace of this club we last year. We can never trust him. We said he was the ace of the club last year after like three good starts. All of a sudden, his next four starts, he had a combined 45 ERA oh, or something. Yeah, but no, I'm with you. I just think Josiah Gray's starts are going to yeah, be must watch. a – circle the calendar type of thing because yes if he struggles okay turn it off because at that point we're probably already losing by a lot because right, right. uh, we can't even score five runs against the pirates but then when you look at you know his starts he's gonna have those starts where it's five innings pitch one hit baseball right. yeah he, he, like you said he might walk a few more batters than you'd like uh and, and give some runners in scoring position every now and then because of those but i mean five k's he's probably gonna go out there average five to seven k's at, at inning or excuse me a, a start but my opinion is this guy is one to watch out for mm-hmm. if you're a real real baseball fan because people in this town are also real pitching snobs nowadays, I would say. Because back when we got Strasburg, got Max Scherzer, you know, before before that we have Levon Hernandez. Right, right. So it's a whole different breed when you look at Steven Strasburg coming out there striking 14 Pirates, you know, uh, let's talk about the Pirates again, striking out 14 Pirates in his debut, then all of a sudden having Max Scherzer here, Patrick Corbin on a big contract when he was doing really well. I mean, you, it's a pitching snob town now where everyone's looking at, uh, Josh Rogers, who is this guy? I'm not going to go to that game. Or, or you know, Don, or, I, I'm not, I, who, who the hell are these guys? Um, you know, I, I watched Major League the other day, so so I'm, right. I'm kind of in the Major League mood. Where, where, <laughs> yeah, I, I love the guy who's like, who are these effing guys? And he's looking at the paper. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, then obviously they're in the scouting room, and this guy's like, this guy's dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, jeez. I love that movie. But anyways, I just think that Josiah Gray's, his start should be circled around your calendar because if you really want some good baseball to watch, as of right now, I believe that he is the best pitcher on our staff. Uh, I mean, Corbin has probably the best stuff, but Corbin right now ain't performing. So if you want to see some good pitching, Josiah Gray's Josiah your guy. Josiah Gray's your guy, but don't sleep on Josh Rogers, who also has been putting up solid numbers, and his baseball savant numbers are really good as well. Um, and Fetty has, has been there. You know, he's been fine. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's through been two there. starts, 3.60 ERA. I mean, uh, for the Nats, that's pretty darn good. And then, yeah, Yoan yeah, Adone yeah. is a guy that should be in AAA right now. He's he's up with the big club because we don't have enough arms and Anibal's hurt. So uh, otherwise, because he's, he's having a lot of trouble. Um, real quickly on the bullpen, uh, Victor Arana was a guy who want, I wanted to shout out. He's been fantastic so far this year. Uh, through six and a third out of the bullpen, 2.84 ERA, no walks, and 10 Ks from the bullpen. And this was a guy that we brought in uh, and has been really, really solid. Another guy to shout out, Sean Doolittle. We talked about him last week. He's continued that, Mike. 4.2 innings pitched now. Uh, has not allowed a run. 
has not walked anybody, and he struck out six so far this season. I mean, we kind of clowned on the move, bringing back Sean Doolittle, but the guy's been, been killing it out of the bullpen for now. So, hey, we, we love that. Uh, and then a bunch of real rough numbers in the bullpen for some of these other guys. Uh, on the hitting side of things, Juan Soto doing Juan Soto things. OPS over 1,000. He's hit three bombs. He's walked 12 times. I mean, been killing it. Josh Bell, who we gave a lot of crap to last year because he started off so slow. He's having yeah. uh, the yeah. reverse of that right now. Mike, 994 OPS. Um you know, uh, which is on base plus slugging. Uh, he's got a couple home runs, 10 RBI. Uh, Bell's been really solid. Our guy, Mikel Franco, who was so bad in the opening series, striking out all the time, for some reason just went bonkers in Atlanta. And now he's pulled together a 275 at batting average. I mean, the guy was striking out like every at bat. Speaking of that, Victor Robles, our old pal, did collect his first hit of the year. Uh, this weekend on Sunday, <laughs> got his one hit. Uh, but besides that, he is now so now he's pushed his average to point zero four eight. Uh, his Jeez. batting average with eight Ks and one walk. Um, so yeah, those are that, that average is scorching. Yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's not too pretty. Um, yeah, I mean this as far as the guys that you, you mentioned, like circling the names for oh, the yeah. start. It's all coming together. Yeah, that's what Victor Robles says, man. It's all coming together. Uh, you know, the guys that we talk about, like Josiah Gray circling his starts, the the bats that you circle right now are Juan Soto, Josh Bell, uh, Yadiel Hernandez. Like, that's really it when looking through this lineup. I mean, Nelson Cruz has not been great. Um, you know, everybody else, I mean, Kiebert, Ru- uh, Kiebert Ruiz was good through a couple of games, and he's kind of fallen off a little bit. I mean, it's so early, but... I don't know. Right. It's just rough. It's just rough. Um, but let's let's get into some hockey. We 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 got to get on to some playoff talk here. The Washington Capitals, or playoff push rather, as the Caps have what did I say seven games left. Yeah, seven games to go. And Mike talked about how three points uh, behind in the of the first wild card team and three points behind of the third Metro team. Um, so there, I mean, things can happen here in this final seven games. Some shuffling can happen, so we can't quite give you a full preview um, of the playoff positioning because it might change. But yep, the yep. big thing is how hot this team has been, Mike. And it seems like we come in and do this show for the last two or three weeks. Every single week it's been, man, the Caps are kind of on a heater right now. And that continued again this week with, what, 17 goals between those two wins that they got? Um, Because they had nine one game and eight the other. I mean, the the scoring has definitely been happening. So is that that the – I mean, there's the positive and there's the negative. The positive, assuredly, has been how good this offense has been. The biggest thing with the Caps is I've said it multiple times so far that this season is basically going on the Grizzly at King's Dominion you're going up and you're going down. You're going up and you're going down. And that's the biggest thing when you're looking at uh, how recent effect, yeah. uh, the recency effect has has gone. Because dating back to March 11th, okay, not that far ago, about a, about a month, literally this team has 1-4, lost 2, 1-2, lost 2, 1-4, lost 1, 1-1. Okay, and then obviously tonight as we record this, they're in Colorado. So you're looking at that up and down and up and down. Obviously, the ups have been a little bit higher than the downs. Right. But the, the the key to this team is scoring the goals 
to ha- at least have Vanacek and Samsonov have a little bit of a leeway. Because right now, Vanacek, I praised him about a week or two ago, whatever it was, because he was playing really well. Then all of a sudden, oh boy. he's just falling off. Him, it, there are no, like, basically no, I should say. I don't know that for a complete fact. I looked at it earlier. There are no, like, line numbers. Like, the number one, like a line. Like, there's no one underneath the goals allowed between these two guys right. in their last, like, five games each. It's just bad. You know, you can't go out there and keep letting two goals. Right now, Samsonov is under 90 save percentage for the year, back under 90. He went up back to 90 because he had a nice little streak. Yep. Then all of a sudden, now he's back to the 89%. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vanacek, Vanacek was in the top, like, eight for save percentage. Then all of a sudden, now he is back to 90 point or 90.9 or something like that. Right. You can't go into the playoffs playing like that. You got seven goals, or excuse me, seven games to make it right. And right now, I think it is on Coach Laviolette. I think Coach Laviolette needs to say, I'm going with this guy. That's it. You, Vitek Vanacek, hopefully, you have the reins. You're going to go out there and play six of these next seven games. You're going to obviously going to time it up right because, you know, we're already clinched in the playoffs, so it's not like, oh, seeding really matters because we thought we were going to play the Panthers no matter what, you know, two weeks ago. But right now you're looking at this team and saying the goalie situation has to improve because the sole fact that Vitek Vanacek has to go out there, have six games, boost his confidence, and go with it. Ilya Samsonov, you can go have, you know, a good time playing the, playing the you know, the Maple Leafs. You know, they already they already killed you last time. You might as well kill you again. Right. Okay. Literally, they need to go out there and just pick a guy and go with it. Because right now, it's gone down to crunch time. You can't sit there and keep going, oh, a little seesaw battle between Ilya and Vitek. You know, it's like it, it, you got to go with one. Because right now, it's not like we have a Philip Grubauer and Braden Holpe situation where Philip Grubauer was amazing during the regular season. Hopey was kind of wishy-washy here and there. So we started Grubauer. He sucked. And then all of a sudden, we put in Hopey and we want to cut. <laughs> yeah. It's not like yeah, that situation. No. These two guys are arguably – Worse than those two guys. Yeah, you know that's the biggest thing here. And it's so scary. I just think that, yeah, it's very scary, and that's the thing. Before I get to the panic meter for both of us for our goalie and defense, just to add a little side note to what you said, it's pretty remarkable what they've done in six games in the last twelve days. After the two games, they lost six to one and five to one, where they got outscored basically eleven to two, obviously, which is embarrassing. They've scored over five and a half goals a game. They've let in only 21, which is three and a half goals a game, which is, of, of course, like we're about to get to, the goal and defensive performance. But the goals for is remarkable. It's not like they had that one game where they scored some somehow 13 goals and it skews the whole entire number. We just mentioned it earlier. They literally scored nine in one game <laughs> and eight that just, the two, uh, that's two, just, two games that's later. crazy. It's just it's that nuts, doesn't man. happen in hockey. I mean, I know if you listen to the show and you like Caps Talk, you know the sport – but for those who don't, and you're you're you know you're not a hockey fan, but you you know you 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 just listen to the show because you want to get some updates. I mean that just doesn't happen. Guys don't score nine goals in this league. Yep. It just doesn't. I mean that's over five and a half goals a game. I mean yeah. it's insane for what they've been doing in the last twelve days. It's nuts. Now the Florida Panthers have a ton of goals scored this season. Right. Now you know they they're a little bit of an anomaly. I'm not exactly sure how they are doing that because. You know, I couldn't name four players on the Panthers, yeah. uh, but let's be honest. And I, and I watch hockey. That's the funny thing. Um, but 
dating back again to March 5th. There, there's so many games on here where they're scoring five goals, four goals, you know, uh, three, four. And there's not a game that's like, except for that one, two game stretch, as I said, six, one, five, one against Carolina, Minnesota, that they're sitting there and they have two back to back bad performances. Yeah. I mean, literally, you're looking at Columbus on March 17th, they scored seven goals. Okay. Uh, Seattle and Calgary back to back March 5th, March 8th, five goals each. I mean, you're looking down the list. Pittsburgh, they just played. Now, I understand there was two empty net goals, but they still scored four goals against Pittsburgh. Recently, they have been pretty much dominating, except for the Toronto game, playoff teams. Obviously, the 6-1, 5-1 against Carolina, Minnesota, those were kind of eh, not the greatest. But Tampa Bay, right after that, they came right back after it three days later, beat Tampa Bay, who's going to be in the playoffs, 4-3. They came out, were up 4-3 against Pittsburgh, got two empty netters, beat them in Pittsburgh and PP James. Yeah, PP, P, PPG Paints. Stupid name. Uh, <laughs> Boston, they ended up beating that playoff team, 4-2. Philly, they came out and literally just, just shoved a stick up their ass and said, get out of here. <laughs> and then, I just lo- literally, yeah, and then obviously Toronto did the same thing to us. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, so overall, it's just f- phenomenal what we're seeing for the offense because right now, Going into this situation right here, where our panic meter, we can go right now how we're kind of feeling with the goalie and defensive performance. One being not panicked at all. Ten being you're jumping off a roof tonight. Literally, in the top 50 of the NHL players, Nick Jensen, who no one really thinks of, and Dmitry Orlov are the only two in the top 50 for plus minus. Now, you think about it, it there's a caveat to this because some of these guys are playing against the other third, fourth liners, whatever it may be. So they're probably not getting scored a bunch. But it's pretty. It's it's not really that great to see yeah. one of your your fourth best defensemen, fifth best defenseman, whatever. Nick Jensen, even though he has a really good plus minus at thirty three, it's not really good to see your defense not have John Carlson, who has seventy some points, you know, <laughs> in the top fifty of the NHL. I just it's kind of weird to see that kind of was startling to me. But overall, uh, I'll start. I think my panic meter right now is at a seven. Now I'm <laughs> yeah. not. Crazy. I'm not crazily, you know, gonna gonna go and you know, uh, you know, d- drown myself in a pool tonight because I'm so panicked. But at the same time, the goalie situation recently, it'd be different if it was like, okay, you know, they're struggling a little bit, but they've played really well over the last two months. It hasn't been like that. Their season, Samsonov and Vitek, have been very, 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 very roller coastery, and that's just something that I'm a little panicked about. Uh, but we're scoring so many goals, which has not led me up to a 9 or a 10 so far. Right. I'm probably just below you at a 6. I think my my hesitation from going too overboard is there are still a ton of veteran leaders on this team and guys that have been here before, especially right. on the Stanley Cup team, um, that I feel like they'll get this figured out. But... It doesn't mean I'm not worried. It doesn't mean I'm not concerned. I mean, the fact that neither of these goalies have decided to really take the reins and be like, I'm the guy at this point. I yep, mean, yep. every time somebody gets hot and we go, that's the guy, next game they give up you know, five goals on ten shots or something. I mean, like it's just it's just <laughs> that's what's happened all year long. You talk about the roller coaster. It's yep. been a roller coaster in net all season long. Um, and really what's kept this team alive is the offense for the most part and the fact that Alexander Ovechkin scored 47 goals this year or whatever it is, and uh, yeah. you know some of these other guys are contributing. So, yeah, I mean, you, you need somebody to get hot for the playoffs. If this team wants to make a run, they can't have the goalies performing 
iffy like this. They have to have one of them has to start getting hot and playing on their uh, standing on their head because right now it's 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 a little ugly. But you've got seven games. You got to think they're going to try to just keep distributing equal time. And I'm with you. I don't like that. I like them being like, hey, this is going to be our guy, Samsonov or or Vanacek, and they're, they're going to be our guy for the playoffs. But right now, I think they're still going to just go fifty fifty for the most part and try to see who gets hot at the right time and be like, all right, you're going to start right. game one. I mean, that's really all you can do at this <laughs> point. Uh, try to get a goalie hot and and try to stay healthy through the next seven games. That's the goal. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't see any other way that they're going to do it because I say that Laviolette should sit there and say, Vitek, you're the guy. You're going out there and doing But I also see what you're saying, which is right now, you know, even though Sammy is a little bit lower, I just think that they're not – it's not a huge discrepancy. Yeah. It's not like you're you're picking from – you know, uh, a five-time all-star between a or or a two-time all-star. It's not like you're 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 looking at these guys and saying, "Man, we got a really good problem on our hands." You know, it's it's not a situation like that. I think that what you said is actually going to be the thing that happens. I just hope that they just stick with one and go with it because you know it, you're it's going to be a double-edged sword because you put one guy in after the other. You know, again, situation where Ilya Samsonov gets scored 17 goals in five seconds, and then all of a sudden you're like, Vitek, get on out there. You're down, you know, four to one. You know, it's like, what kind of confidence is he going to have against Toronto? That's one thing I also mentioned to uh, a couple people this weekend. Why in the world do you sub out goalie sometimes when the game is already over? Right, right. Like, some of these teams are down four nothing. Or something like that. And they're like, oh, I guess we'll pull the goalie now and we'll put somebody else in. <laughs> like, oh, like that guy's going to score? Yeah. Like, it, it makes no sense. It, does, it doesn't. The game's already over. You might as well shatter that guy's confidence and keep this <laughs> right, guy's confidence right. rather than making them both look like they the suck. The fact that Manichek and Samsonov both came in games and both allowed like three or more goals. <laughs> it's like, that. what are we doing? It's, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But seven games What left. are we doing? We will definitely be getting into some playoff matchups and things like that when it gets closer, as well as some playoff talk. So that's why you got to download the Contender app, Contender with a K, um, for Mike and I when we get a chance to do some post-game stuff for the Caps here in the near future. Let's hit up the final app. Chance to go over some big stories in sports. 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Reported by Adam Schefter today, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, and Terry McLaurin. To skip off-season programs and search for new contracts. Now, I will note, uh, Schefter did eventually say that uh, McLaurin will still be at the off-season program uh, that opened today, but he will not be participating in any of the off-season workouts or anything like that. So he'll be there, but he won't be doing any on-field stuff. Regardless, this is kind of what we see with these guys in these contracts, Mike. I don't mind him saying that he's going to be there. Um, but not participate. But the guys that just hold out and say, like, oh, well, I want some more money, so I'm not going to show up to work. Okay, any other common man would or woman would be would be fired. Right. <laughs> I don't get right. it. Yeah, it's it's. Well, hopefully they can just get this stuff figured out because you got to lock down Scary Terry. He's your best player, yeah, that's right. Right, no doubt. Uh, the Boston Celtics beat the Brooklyn Nets at the buzzer yesterday, 115-114 to win Game One of that series. Wild finish down the stretch. Very, very, very wild series uh, indeed to come because these, these games are going to be like this every single time because now that the Nets have Kyrie, another scorer who only played pretty much half the games, these games, you know, it's not a 2-7 matchup like usual. It's like a basically like a 2-4 right yeah. now. Uh, speaking of basketball, Giannis 
And Jokic and Embiid are the MVP finalists. Who you got, Mike? I'm going to go with my boy Joker, man. Yeah. I just love how how big he is and exactly what he does every single game where he goes out there and almost gets a triple-double. It's something you don't see every day where you see a guy his size go out there and almost average triple-doubles. I mean, he's doing things that some guys have never done before, and he's, it's unbelievable what you're seeing there. And then last but not least, uh, CBS Sports mock draft, the latest mock draft from yesterday, I believe, has the Washington Commanders taking Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton with their pick mike i was just curious your thoughts on that stupid there you go that's his that's the final lap here uh <laughs> let's hit up some trivia as we near the end of the show a chance to get into some dc sports trivia and i do throw a detroit sports trivia question at mike because if, you, if this is your first time listening we both have the same trivia game one for detroit sports and one for washington sports so why not let mike join in on the fun uh and i will go first this week and I feel like you'll get this, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> here's your question. What did Celtics guard Danny Ainge nickname Pistons sixth man Vinny Johnson for his ability to heat up the offense in a short period of time? This is my grandma's favorite player. Uh, she has a poster of him back in the old house uh, in Michigan. And uh, what, so, so basically, what was Vinny Johnson's nickname? It has to do with... You know, heating up the offense. Who the hell was Vinny Johnson? Vinny Johnson. He was part of the the bad boys. I was I was alive. Let's see man. if you throw can throw the see if you can solve the nickname. What do you think? You know what? Heating up. That's the hint. Is heating, heating up, up is definitely the hint, and that's why he. Got I'm gonna call. I, you know what? I'm gonna go with something out of left field. Like I said earlier, I'm gonna go with stovetop. You, here's the thing. You're not that far off. I love their stuff. You're not that far off. It's actually the microwave. Vinny, the microwave okay. Johnson. You said quickly, too. I should have said that. Because the stove, st boiling water takes a little yeah, while. Yeah, but still, you were right there. Like, my microwave is right above where, like, my stove and stuff is. So, you know. Yeah, in my kitchen, you were pretty close. Uh, what do you have for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That would have been awesome if I would have got that. By you the way, close. we should get stovetop stovetop stuffing as a sponsor of the show. I love I love stovetop stuff. I love stovetop. Sometimes I eat a whole box by myself. You know, uh, it's a lot better than I thought. And look, I, 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 uh, let's see. I'm interested in how you would take this. You know what's really better than I thought is powdered mashed potatoes. Oh yeah, it's like way like the flaky stuff. But well, like you buy the bag of the powder. And you literally you just milk put, like, it. milk or water in it or whatever. Yeah. It's actually not that bad. I mean, like, hey. I prefer, like, I, I you know, I, I know how to make mashed potatoes the other way. But I'll tell you, the powdered, and especially by, like, the garlic mashed potato powder. Yeah. It's like, that. that's not too bad, man. That's all I'll say. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. I, they're not a 10 out of 10. No. But they're, they they will sure do the job. satisfy They'll the do stomach. The job. Yeah, you just throw a whole <laughs> stick of butter in there and you're set. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that'll spice it up. All righty. So the DC Sports Trivia question of the day. It's a pretty tough one, but I'll give you a couple hints. Okay. Great. How many points did John Wall score to set his career playoff high in game six of the 2017 okay. first round series against the Hawks? All right. So I got to think that it's somewhere right. in the 30s. Um, 
And I guess what I will ask for is give me a range of about, let's call it like six numbers. So like, like for example, is it third, you know, from 32 to 38 or something like that. Give me a range of, of like a six point range. I feel like we're playing cliffhanger and price is right. Um, uh, I would go, I'm going to give you a range of 10 because six is pretty, pretty tough. Um, six would be better for me, actually. (laughs) 10 is more difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Six. Uh, I'll say 36 to 42. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I was definitely thinking somewhere in the thirties. I don't remember. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't remember John Wall putting up a 40 spot in the playoffs, but I, again, I could be wrong and and misremembering because it's been forever since we've actually been in the first round. No one really cares about the first round. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to say he was just under 40 points. I'm going to say he got 39 was his playoff career high 39. That is incorrect, but I'm going to say a real quick, uh, hint for you really fast. The number was worn recently. And it's very famous. Worn on a Jersey recently. 40. Jackie Robinson, 42. 42. Okay, well, I mean, different sports. We're crossing sports. We're crossing. I mean, <laughs> it's a crossover. Yeah. The DC 42. crossover. Wow, I don't remember him putting up 42 points. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, there it is. Speaking of not actually, this is not awesome. This is our money line picks. We've been a disaster here in this third round. Uh, I am four and ten. Mike is five and nine. If you've been following our picks, you've been losing money. But guess what? That's going to turn four. around this week. That is going to turn around this week. Uh, we got some picks here. I'm going to go. First with my lock, and I am going to say the Suns, who are 10-point favorites over the Pels. I'm going to take those 10 points. I I know game one was a little bit closer, and they had to kind of go on a run to close out that game. Yep, yep. I'm going to say that's not going to happen next game. I'm going to say Suns are going to be able to win by... Uh, you know they're, they're going to definitely cover that 10. And then the Dogs, my dog for this week... I like this one a lot. I like the Hawks plus seven and a half versus the Heat. That game one, the Heat played lockdown defense. That's what they do. They're no, they're number one team for a reason, um, and they play fantastic defense. I don't think they're going to be able to necessarily keep it up for a whole game again, especially keeping a guy like Trey Young, who only scored eight points in game one. The Hawks' terrible shooting night. It's just it's 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 not going to happen again. They still might lose. The Hawks still might lose, but they're going to cover that seven and a half. Uh, so they're, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with my dog Hawks plus seven and a half against the heat. So obviously my picks have been just as bad as Ben's yeah. just one pick better. Um, you know, and every single time Ben usually picks the picks that are early in the week and I'm always like, nice, he lost, he lost. Now I, I can, <laughs> I can gain some more and then I lose. Right. Um, <laughs> so, and the funny thing was over the last couple of uh, days with the, um, with the basketball picks, I picked the Suns to co- to cover. They didn't cover. Right. Um, and I picked the over in that game as well. That didn't happen. <laughs> picked the over in the Heat game. That didn't nope. happen. Uh, I had the Grizzlies winning. That didn't happen. I had the Nets win. I everything that I did it was <laughs> right, horrible. Right. Everything you touch. So instead of like everything you touch turn into gold, it's like everything you touch turns into. I don't want to say the S word, but you know maybe that <laughs> turns into uh, yeah, poop. Yeah, I mean. I, Honestly, it was it 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 was it was so bad. I mean, honestly, I felt like this guy. Emotional damage. That, that so, is my uh, after every single one of those uh, games. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I don't yell that. I yell a lot of other expletives. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyways, my lock. Under 241 T-Wolves at Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies, okay. they think they let one slip. Honestly, I mean, I, I think the T-Wolves are so overrated when it comes to overs. Now, they'll go out there and score like 106, and then all of a sudden the next night they'll go out and score 150. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. it. 241 is a huge, That's huge a number. One. I mean, they're going for like a 120, 121 game or something like that. Anthony Bennett had a great game. I don't think he's going to have another great game like that. Uh, you know, he scored 36 points, which is a huge number. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I think he might go Anthony out there Edwards. and score 2025. 20, Anthony Bennett. Anthony Edwards. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, that, that, was, was, that, like, that was the bus. Sorry, not in the anymore. Like, that guy, that that guy was, the was, the, Sorry, that was one of the biggest busts in NBA history. I was like, right. I don't think it's Anthony Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Anthony Edwards. I, I don't know how that – I don't even know how that name came to my well, mind. Same um, first name. I, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, I track. But, I track. <laughs> yeah, Anthony, Anthony Edwards <laughs> yeah. the other better pick. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he like I said, he had 36 points which is a ton, one of the top five ever in a rookie yeah, yeah, debut yeah. in the playoffs. I, well, I shouldn't say rookie debut. I should say in a debut in the playoffs. Right, right. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. you know, one of the biggest numbers. I think he was only like maybe third to, to Doncic to somebody else yeah, from the 60s. Uh, but you're looking at it and saying he has to repeat that night for them to go out there and score that many points again, which I don't think is going to happen, to be honest with you. I think the Grizzlies kind of let one slip through the fingers. So under, 20, under 241, I should say. T-Wolves and Grizzlies on Tuesday. My dogs. I'm going with the Nets again. The money line is even bigger than it was the game one. Okay. The money line game one was like plus 115 or something like that. I told you guys through text it was juicy the first time. Celtics needed a buzzer beater to come back and win in that game. But here's the ticket. The Celtics don't have Robert Williams. That's one of their yeah. best defenders. Yeah. They don't have Robert Williams. Kyrie's there. Uh, and um, I forgot one other guy came back from injury. I'm, I'm, I'm going mind blank right now. But you're looking at the Nets bench, plus 29. Plus 29. If you want to look at plus minus, when they're on the floor, plus 29. Celtics bench, minus 27. <laughs> Not to mention, the Celtics only got three guys that they're coming off the bench with. Right, right. Oh, they rely heavily on their starters, for sure. And Goran Dragic actually played really well as like the number three point guard or whatever on their team, which is kind of crazy because the guy was amazing two years ago. So you're looking at that and saying the Nets have one of the best scorers in all of basketball in KD. Kyrie went off. Okay. I just think that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum aren't going to be able to do this for seven games. I think the Nets actually win this series, number one. But number two, I'm taking the money line plus 145 on Wednesday. I think that's going to honestly hit because so far, KD had a terrible shooting night. I think he was like 40% or 42% or something like that. Yes, Kyrie made up for it. But overall, I think the bench points is going to make a huge difference in this series. So some guys can get a blow and they can actually you know, go take a little breather on the on the bench, and then the Celtics are going to be like, well, Jason, you got to play 45 <laughs> minutes tonight, buddy, in overtime. I like the pick. Uh, so I'm going to go with the money like line, the plus pick. 145 for the Brooklyn Nets. What I was thinking is I was like, you know what we should do because we've been so cold is whatever our picks are, we should reverse them. Like every, I mean, we don't have to do that, but I'm just saying, like, I was thinking that the other day. I was like, all right, instead of Hawks plus 7.5 versus Heat, like that's, that's what I, that's what I think is going to happen. But we're gonna. I'm gonna pick the opposite of that because we've been so bad. I've done that before well, you know, with you, betting. But, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, yeah. Sometimes and most likely it doesn't work. Right, right. Uh, you that's know, when you start getting on a heater. Is like, yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's the funny thing is that literally, the, I mean, last week, I thought the Spurs was a great pick. I had analytics to back it up. I had records uh, you know, to, to back it up. I had all these different things to back it up, and they end up losing. <laughs> and it's yeah. and, and by, by, like, what, like eight or something oh, like that? I'm like. Rough. It was it was terrible. <laughs> I, I mean, you have all you can have all the analytics you want. We can you know talk into these microphones and say all the stuff we want. Doesn't make a difference no. on game. No, anything can happen, and that's why we love sports. Um, well, those are our picks of the week. Feel free to uh, use them or not, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Um, and besides that, people, that about does it. I mean, we got some big things in the works uh, for the next few weeks. Of course, we're getting some. Draft coverage for the Commanders. Obviously, hockey talk here with the playoffs coming up. Um, so a lot cooking here on the DC Crossover. Best way to stay in touch with the show, follow it on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. Go download the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. It is completely free. You can hear our show and other DC content as well as Chicago sports content. Um, follow the TikTok that's DC underscore podcasts. Oh, sorry, DC underscore crossover underscore podcast. It is uh, hilarious. Um, and uh, <laughs> but that name will hopefully change in a few weeks. But for now, oh yeah, go there if you for all the clips and things like that. Um, and besides, get us some numbies. Yeah, give us give some, some numbies, numbies guys. Yeah, give us some numbies for sure. Besides that, good people, we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the DC crossover. Have a good one.